listen, I just had to come in and literally do a breaking news part of the podcast because um, I, I don't even know where to put this. I think I'll just I'll just start it off with this um, before even the intro. Listen, I found out today about Post Malone being a dad. He's having a baby. And, you know, I've been racking my mind. Of course, I think everything happens for a Riesling. So I was like, OK, what is this deal with Scotland? And this is it. Scotland prepared me to be a stepmom so I could be prepared to be with Post Malone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, there are lots of good Rieslings there, but I know that a lot of people um, know about my very strange obsession with Post Malone. And so I figured everyone was going to want my input. So um, here it is. I'm very happy for him. And, you know, in a couple years, if he needs if he needs a stepmom, I'm ready for it. <laughs> also, didn't say this in the podcast, but happy May the 4th be with you. OK, let's get into the actual episode now. OK, bye. Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry With The Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and we are on episode 95. The countdown to 100 is so freaking real. It's absolutely insane to me. Um, I will absolutely save all of my sappiness for the 100th episode, but like just so grateful that we've made it to 95. And thank you so much for listening and welcome to the podcast. If you're new Hi. Hello. So glad you stumbled upon. If you are a returnee, a loyalist, uh, love you. Thank you for being here. And yeah, I'm just uh, I feel like I'm in a better mood than when I first got into my car. So today was a work from office day for me. So I was on my commute and I was just like feeling so weird and off like and I'll get there, you know, a little update from last week. But then I thought it'd be really fun. Sometimes I do this. I don't know if everybody else does, but every once in a while, I'll just like put my phone on shuffle and see where the music takes me. And man, oh man, did it not disappoint. It was kind of like I was I forgot all about these like just iconic classic breakup songs from back in the day. Like what it hurts the most, Rascal Flats. I mean, how could I forget? But I did. And then listen, this one song came on that was so good that I literally had to drive around the block to finish singing it. And here's the deal. If you see me singing in my car, like mind your business, mind your business. Don't look at me. I am performing a one woman show. There are hand movements. There's swaying. Literally today in the office, I forgot I was in the office and I started doing like some shoulders, you know, when I was listening to my jams and I was like, bitch, you're not you are not alone. You need to you need to get your shit together. But anyways, so I was just like jamming out whatever by myself in the car and Clay Aiken without you. You guys listen, if you are going through it right now and it wasn't like I was in the mood to cry. So that's why I normally stay away from breakup songs, especially 
going through a breakup. But I was like, this fucking feels good. And I was like, mm-hmm, I can't live. Just kidding. I won't, I won't sing with you for um for many reasons. But my obsession with Clay Aiken back in the day was a lot. OK, so here's a deal. It's like there was two things. I did actually love him. I did actually love him for reals. Obviously, we know he's gay now, but back in the day, I thought he could be my husband. But also, I had the biggest crush on this kid named Carter Allen, and his initials were also CA, like Clay Aiken. So I would use Clay Aiken as my, like, code name. Like, listen, code names for guys that you like, this is not a new concept. Like, Scotland didn't just, like, come out of nowhere with the names, you know, or Mr. Gorgeous or whatever. Like, this is something we've been doing for years. So, like, I would use my Clay Aiken love to, like, mask my love for this poor kid, Carter Allen. He was he was very nice. I hope he's doing well now. Um, you know, I saw him on Bumble once, and I was like, absolutely not. Uh, I'm sure he's doing great things with his life, but I was like obsessed. I did not know how to crush in like a normal way. I, I actually would argue that I probably still don't know how to crush in a normal way. I feel like I am just a I'm obsessed with you and it is what it is kind of person. And someday someone will really appreciate that. And I'm really looking forward to it. But until then, when I look back on crushes I had in high school and middle school, I'm fucking horrified. I'm horrified. I mean, I hope all those men are honored that they ever fell upon my list, but absolutely horrified. So anyways, I would um, I would talk about how Clay Aiken was my bacon. I'm so embarrassing. But yeah, it was all because I really actually had a fat crush on this guy, Carter Allen. But anyways, um, it's been years. And I was just like so reminded of this sad song. I loved it. I loved it so much that, like I said, I drove around the block to continue singing it. And you know about gas prices right now. So if there's a song that is good enough for you to waste gas and I had to pee, I was like, nope, I'll hold it. I've been holding it this whole time. I will finish this ballad. I will do my full performance and and it will be worth it. It will be absolutely worth it. But yeah, I, I mean, if you're driving past me and I'm singing, I just think you should match that energy. I, I've talked about this many times. I think this was an I'm sorry what moment like way back in the day, like like probably my third episode or something about how I will never understand how people don't sing in the car. And I just I stand by that because I just I don't get it. What are you doing? What like people just sit in their car and listen to music? How? How? I am like, this is my fucking moment. I actually was talking. Um, I'll get to at the end of this episode, you know, after the commercials, respect the dad, the dad rules. After the commercial, I'll talk about the date I went on last week. But when I was talking to this guy, he was like, oh, I'm not really he was I was talking about how I work from the, going back in the office. And he's like, oh, luckily I work from home. He's like, I hate commuting. He's like, I think it's really bad for your mental health. And I was like, yes, but for me personally, I actually love driving into work and driving home. And I was like, normally it's because I like to catch up with people on the phone or as I just I just slightly mentioned like, oh, yeah, I love singing in the car. I didn't let him know that. I'm a full blown performer and I think that I could win a Tony Award for my amazing carpool karaoke skills. But, you know, I felt like he could earn those those rights to that knowledge. 
he's already gone. I will say that. So um, that part's over. But yeah, anyways. Okay, so so much to talk about today. Yeah, that's that's how I was jamming. Actually, this this whole speech I just gave or like whatever you want to call it monologue will weigh into this next point I was going to make, which was I had lunch with my dad last week. We actually have lunch pretty much every week now. I feel like we've done it twice, but he's come over once a week. So it feels like a regular thing. And I'm hoping it continues because like who doesn't want to like get a nice meal every week, you know? So anyways, I was having lunch with my dad and he mentioned, he's like, so I had this idea for you. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready. And, you know, he was talking about, we've talked about how I need a hobby. Like my therapist thinks I need a hobby. A lot of people think I need a hobby because like this to me is not a hobby. I take it very seriously. Not that you don't take your hobby seriously, but like whatever. And also I just moved to a new area. So, you know, I need to like make friends and things. And um, <laughs> so I thought he was going to, honestly, I thought he was going to suggest some sort of like, indoor soccer league or some shit like that. Although everybody knows that soccer is a sensitive subject for me right now. But um, I don't know what I I don't know what I thought he was going to say. But what he did say, I was not anticipating. And that was he suggested I join a theater group, the theater, as um, Miss Darbus would say in High School Musical. And I was so stunned by this. And here's why, because it it took me a couple times to figure it out. First of all, he did appeal to me when he was like, you could reprise your, uh, you know, very impressive role as the clock in Beauty and the Beast, which I I did play the clock. Um, I absolutely would get canceled if if people saw my clock costume like my face was painted brown and I'm horrified that that photo exists somewhere. And I feel like when I reach celebrityism, like that's going to be the photo that like takes me out. You know what I mean? But luckily it's only a physical print and I think my mom just has it. So unless she decides to cancel me, I should be good. Um, But I'm very horrified that that exists. But it was because I was trying to be the whole clock. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, not going to justify it. It is what it is. Uh, But he also said I could, you know, I said, oh, and I could play Wilbur when I played the pig. The reason I'm so surprised by this is because I had this memory come back up of the fact that I obviously thought growing up I was going to be a superstar. I still believe that, but at least I am not as illogical to think that it's going to be for singing and for acting. So I participated in the talent show when I was in middle school. This was my last round of being in the talent show. And, um the last time I ever tried to be in a talent show, by the way. And I would like it to be noted that neither one of my parents showed up. And if you don't think I remember that, and I've remembered that all these years, I do. I performed um, Share Believe, and I started with my hair like in this clip and during the slow part, and I like whipped it down. I had a whole ass costume, and neither one of my parents attended. And so now you want to come back around and act like I should join theater as if you're going to come to my performances. You missed the best one. You missed the performance. That was the performance of my lifetime. And yeah, I know I played the clock and I know I played Wilbur and I know I played Santa Claus in the fucking school pageant when all the other girls were angels. But I was picked as Santa 
as if that did not start my body image issues at a young age. Also my fear of children because they like ran after me and chased me. Listen, I will say this. I'm going to be mean about that one, one point, knowing damn well that both my parents were so involved when my sister and I were in theater. So like growing up, we went to like a school that had performing arts in San Jose. So I don't know also if he was like, got to get it full circle. Like if you're going to be back in San Jose, you might as well be the theater kid that you were when you left. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, that's also fair. My dad did like the lighting and he like built things. And my mom did like the the cookies, which listen, if you think these were just like some chocolate ass chip cookies that she pulled up, no, she did not. She did sugar cookies with shapes that matched each theme of the musical that was going on that year. So like they were very involved. Okay, so I'm not trying to sit here and act like they weren't around. But the last time, the last thing I remember is doing my talent show and them not being there. So I just I find it weird. He also didn't say that he was going to be like coming to the show in any way, shape or form. He was like, oh, I will, um, you know, Jenna can come to your shows and things like that. And, and I just feel like maybe I was like, are you guys bored? Is the family bored? You need something to do. You want to come sh show me in a musical? I listen, I don't think it's a horrible idea. I think that I am becoming a major nerd in my time already, obviously. So we might as well just really commit and become a theater nerd. My problem with it is, one, I genuinely don't think I can sing, which is fine. I can be a backup. But I've had so many fucking concussions, like so many and so much brain damage that genuinely I don't think that. I could remember lines or dance moves. I try to learn the TikTok dances and I have to duet it. Like I can't, if you leave me on my own, I'm going to fuck it up. So maybe I could be in the way back chorus line who just kind of sways. I don't know. But anyways, see me out there in the next San Jose musicale. If I found out that they were doing high school musical out here, I would absolutely go audition and I would throw a fit if I didn't get Sharpay. I don't care. She wasn't that great of a singer. Not that Ashley Tisdale isn't. But I feel like when you look at when you listen to her singing on High School Musical, it's not like um, I feel like a part of it's not supposed to be incredible. Ashley Tisdale is in incredibly talented, in my opinion. So I just don't want to get like this is not an Ashley Tisdale slander podcast. And obviously it's not a Sharpay Evans ones either. But I feel like there was an element that she wasn't supposed to be like as as like amazing as Gabriella, you know, more talented in every other way. Absolutely. But singing, you know, whatever. So anyways, um, <laughs> uh, that that's uh, yeah, that, I, my, I think my dad's so worried about me that he wants me in theater. I'm just kidding. I know he I know he means this like with the full niceness of his heart. I'm just making fun of it like an asshole. But also. He loves the podcast. So like you gave me content. I'm putting it out there. Also, I don't know what the noises are going on in the background. I never know if you guys can hear them or not or if you all can hear them. I feel like they're so loud to me. And then I'll go back and listen to the podcast and be like, I didn't hear it at all. But this one just feels loud. I have no idea. I have a neighbor. He's um, a little older. I can't really figure out his deal. Uh, 
he kind of scares me, but he also wears only neon orange. So I feel like he doesn't scare me as much because I can see him everywhere. But he's just always up to some weird shit around the apartment. So anyways, um, <laughs> that that's that. Uh, I, I do feel like I owe everybody a update from last week of how I'm feeling mentally. I don't have a good update. I don't really know. I told my boss today, I was like, I just feel numb to everything and everyone, which I feel like could also be described as depression, but I'm going to describe it as Linkin Park's numb and it is what it is. I think I keep just like fluctuating between different personalities at the moment. Like sometimes I'm just like a sad bitch. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm a scary bad bitch. And so I'm channeling those energies outwards. I feel like I've been channeling all my sad bitch energy into poetry because yes, to add on to the fact that I'm going to become a, a theater kid, I'm like coming out of theater kid retirement. I've also decided to come out of my poetry retirement. So now I'm like fucking writing poetry and shit. Who is she? Genuinely don't know. And then I'm like, but when I want to be a bad bitch, I'm channeling all that energy into TikTok. And I feel like those two things combined. I did share a, a, one of my little poetry things on TikTok and maybe I'll share more. I'm highly insecure about it, so I don't know. But when I'm feeling like a bad bitch, that's when I channel all that energy into TikTok and making videos and like doing fun content and also like leaving the house and going out. It's just all the things. And sometimes I'm just angry then can go into like an I don't give a fuck about anything attitude and not in a totally depressing way, more in like a just don't fuck with me. I'm not in the mood kind of way. That's fun. And maybe I'm just being a normal person because I feel like we're not all just one type of personality. We're like a mixture of all sorts of different personality traits. And, you know, we're allowed to feel all those emotions. So that could also be what I'm doing genuinely she's messy i'm messy right now i do not feel put together but more just like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> but i'm also having fun i spent my first weekend like my first actual san jose weekend here this past weekend and it was so fun because honestly like since i moved in i pretty much have had plans every single weekend, which is great. I've no, I definitely fucking needed that because obviously like all this shit was going on and I just needed to get out and get distracted. But I called up my girlfriend, Jenna, and I was like, do you have plans on Saturday? And she was like, no. I'm like, will you come to Campbell and drink with me? Like I haven't gone out here. Like I feel like I need to know where I moved. And the only places I've gone out was the prune yard, I've been to Orchard City Kitchen twice, which is really good, very expensive, but good drinks, good bacon. And then I uh, have been the places my dad's taken me, but I haven't like gone out, you know? So then she was like, yes, I'm free. I'm like, awesome. So we'll get there. But Friday, some of my friends were like, we're going to the San Jose Giants game. Do you want to go? And I was like, oh my God, yes, we're going fucking local this weekend. Like, Welcome back, bitch. You are in full local mode. So we went to the game. It was so much fun. Honestly, like I had such a good time and sitting in the bleachers and just like drinking beers. Like I've talked about this a few times that and it doesn't match up very well with my history and my career. But if if given the choice, I would rather go to a sporting event than a concert. I love concerts. Obviously, I just went to see James Arthur a couple weeks 
was that literally last weekend? Two weekends ago? She's wild. She's fun. But I would I would take a sporting event over that all the time. And I would not not go to concerts. I don't feel like you have to choose, but I'm just saying if the choice was handed to me, this is what I would do. So it was a really, really good time. Apparently they do this thing. It didn't happen when I was there, but they pick what they call a beer batter on the other team. And if the that guy strikes out, then it's like half off beers or something crazy like that. So it was super fun. If you don't know, San Jose Giants is a, the minor league Giants team. Um, and it was a really great time being there. I literally texted one of my girlfriends, Kristen, that I went with. And I was like, OK, what are the vibes? Like, do people wear San Francisco Giants gear there? Like, I don't want to look like I don't fit in. Like, I don't want to show up and everyone's like, we don't do that here. And then I look, they're like, that's the girl who's not from here. She's clearly from Livermore. And I'll be like, no, I'm not. I was born here, I swear. You know what I mean? So anyways, they, in case you're wondering, they do, which I didn't end up wearing either of my Giants shirts that I had because one had a mysterious stain on it, which was, I haven't worn it in a while. It looked to me like barbecue sauce, but I was like, I don't remember the last time I ate barbecue and I don't remember the last time I was wearing this shirt, but either way. And then uh, my other shirt was at the bottom of the laundry. It was clean, but it was just too much work to get it. So I brought my Laganita shirt. She's cool. She's hip. She's whatever, because apparently you need to know what I was wearing. Um, it was super fun. And then we went, uh, I went home and the next day, Jenna came over and we went to the Water Tower restaurant, which is the same restaurant that I took Mr. Gorgeous. We felt like it was important for me to change the memory. So we went there and it was super fun. I had the same watermelon margarita and I got to like enjoy it. And also someone drank with me. There's nothing more like uncomfortable than being the only person to order a drink at a restaurant. And listen, you might not agree with me, but... It's rough. Unless there's like a good reason the person's not drinking. It's like, okay, whatever. But it always feels awkward. It always feels like the waiter's like, mm-hmm. You, you, you gotta, uh-huh. It's just you drinking. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're not judging me, but I still feel like it. Uh, and then we decided to walk around and there was this Mexican restaurant. I can't remember what it was called. Something, something with a G. I... It was really fun. We popped in there for margaritas. It was a really good time. Um, it was like popping, like not in a popping in a way where you're like, ah, too many people. But there was like people around. It was like nice to see people out. So we um, got a table there and Jenna tried really hard to wing woman for me. And I have to like give her the cred that she deserves on this one. Like I went to the bathroom and I came back and she was like chatting with some guy. Unfortunately, he was engaged though. So like, I guess engaged people attract engaged people. I was like, this did not help me. But I, I was proud of her. She was like, I started talking to this guy. I thought, you know, maybe that would work for you. And I was like, I appreciate it. Meanwhile, while she was, you know, getting that guy for me, I was trying to pee in a toilet that didn't have a toilet seat. Like I was full blown straddling the seat because somebody broke. Like it wasn't even I, I had peed in that bathroom earlier and it was probably like mm, 2 p.m. And by the time I peed again at like maybe 3.30 or something, like it was already broken. So they get ratchet down there in downtown Campbell. Um, we consider going to a key. I still don't know how I feel. First of all, a key, the drinks are so strong. But that is like the only place that Scotland and I went. Um, I don't think it's ruined for me forever. But I remember the first time I went to a restaurant that my ex uh, Jimmy and I used to go to all the time. 
and it was like a little too soon. And I cried like the whole time I was there. And I was like, this is not a day of tears. This is not a day of tears. So then we went to flights and the guy that was our waiter was really cute, too. And we were talking about wedding stuff because obviously Jenna's engaged. And then he's like, yeah, I just don't understand weddings. And I was like, you know, listen, you're not for me, sir. You're not for me. You Beautiful face. It's just not going to work out. I feel like you have to be a part of the wedding lifestyle to um, be able to date Ashley Sleek. I'm not saying he was interested in me at all. But the thing is, that's fun about Smashly. She's got a lot more confidence. And I like that for her. She is um, not afraid to talk to anybody. And she does think everybody's in love with her. So and you know what? Maybe they are. She she's bold and she's courageous and good for her. <laughs> but anyways, it was really nice. And then the next day I left my car down there. So I had to walk down and I've been dying to go to the farmer's market. I was like, I want to be a farmer's market girl. I want to like look all cute and walk to the farmer's market, which I didn't look cute because I was like, I have to walk there. So I wore like some leggings, whatever, wore my shark shirt to fit in. And I walked down and it was super cute. But the thing is, is being a farmer's market girly is very expensive. Very expensive. I got six nectarines and it cost me $6. They weren't even full ass nectarines. I feel like I panicked. I wanted to get one fruit. Uh, the strawberries just seemed a little bit much. And I went for nectarines and I was like, was this a mistake? Was this the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life? I don't know. I don't know. I cut my hair in bangs when I lived in Oregon when my hair was blonde and that was really bad. But was this worse? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I, I am I think I will return to the farmer's market. But in the chance of finding a farmer's market honey that might be able to support my farmer's market lifestyle. You know what I mean? I'm like, who where, where are the bougie ass men who are buying their fruit here? But then again, I don't think I want that. I feel like the people, the men who shop, shop at farmer's markets are probably like organic little bitches. And they're going to be like, you can't eat Cheetos, you know, like processed cheese. So I, I don't know. It's got to be a balance. Uh, Mother's Day is this weekend. I just want to remind everybody. Listen, there's not a lot of things that like there's not a lot of stereotypes I think I fit in with when it comes to the, being the younger sibling. I don't care what my sister says. Maybe she feels differently. I feel like a lot of the things about younger siblings, I don't have that. Like usually we're stereotypically like very self-centered and like, you know, very childish and we get whatever we want. That's not really how I feel. But there's one stereotype about being a younger sibling that I constantly fit into. And that is the whole like presence thing. Like my sister has always been very good about being like, what are we getting mom? You know, but here's the thing. She went and got fucking married on me. And now she doesn't care about me anymore. She doesn't ask me how for splitting gifts. It like randomly happens. And I'm like, what hap What? What's that about? And now she's going to be her mom herself. You know what I mean? So it's like, ugh, she's not going to care about me anymore and, and making sure I got a present. So frustrating. But I feel like my, listen, I'm not trying to expose my dad on this one, but I think it's funny. So I'm talking about it anyways. And listen, mom only listens to the podcast every once in a blue moon. So the, the chances of her hearing this is slim. But he texted me and he was like, hey, I accidentally bought an extra Mother's Day present. Do you need it? And immediately I was like, do you mean this or does everybody feel bad for me? I've always been the least financially stable in the relationship of my family. And it's more like everyone feels bad for me because I'm always like out there trying to live my dreams and it's hard. 
I didn't go the route. My sister did a good thing. She like found a guy who worked at Facebook. That was a genius move. Like I'm pissed. I listen, I moved to San Jose. I'm trying to follow in her footsteps. The guy went on a date with his name was like Matt F. I guess he's the only person whose name I'm saying on the podcast, but Matt F and my sister's husband is Matt F. And I was like, oh my God, they met on Bumble. And I was like, am I following the footsteps? But he he was a therapist and not, did not work for work for Facebook, so it wasn't the right move. But anyways, all I'm saying is I feel like people always feel bad for me when it comes to money and presents, and so I can't I get to get away with things like this. But I did actually buy my mom a Mother's Day present, and I feel very proud of that. But I just thought it was really funny when he sent it because I was like, "You fill in the void," because I think I mentioned I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Jillian, like she's got her shit together now, so no one cares. No one cares about me." <laughs> It's just the funny little thing. So if you're a younger sibling who constantly forgets about Mother's Day, as a reminder, it's Wednesday right now. It's on Sunday. I don't even have my microphone set up right now, so I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm editing the podcast and I want to make sure that after I say this, you know, it doesn't sound like I don't think my sister's successful all on her own because she very much is. She's a great hairdresser. She works marketing. She's amazing. She paved her own way. I'm just making a little jokey joke about marrying someone from Facebook, okay? So just like, want to make sure you guys know that she's successful all on her own. But I see her strategy. I see it. I've got a pretty busy weekend ahead of me, actually. So um, I am going to celebrate Mother's Day on Saturday. And then I am going to the Giants game for work on Sunday. And then I leave for Mexico, well, technically Chicago on the on Wednesday. So I'm flying to Chicago to fly with Erin to Mexico for her bachelorette party, which is so fun because I can make sure that everybody on the plane knows that she's getting married, which is my favorite thing to do, and everybody in the world to know. It's really funny because I was talking about this today. I was like, I've never, I'm, I wouldn't classify myself as a traveler, which is funny when, but I planned a lot of bachelorette parties, but they've all been kind of in the States. So this was like my biggest like thing I think I've ever planned. And so I'm really hoping it goes well. While I'm talking about this, I'm like twirling my hair out of nervousness. And that's nothing to do with Aaron. It's just everything to do with me being a perfectionist. I'm like, this better be the best fucking party ever. But I think it will be. I think it will be. I mean, it's hard when you're somebody who did not pass Spanish 2 and you had to retake it in order to get into college to then be trying to decipher Spanish menus to make sure the dinner places are good. You know what I mean? It's a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. (laughs) But I'm super excited. Like I said, I've never left the country. This is my first time. Don't worry. I do have a passport. And yeah, I'm really pumped to be going. And so I think I will still squeeze out an episode next week. But if I don't, it's it's for this. And I can't wait for the following episode where I uh, get to talk about how it went. So for sure, if you don't follow me on social media already, you know, I'm going to be such a whore, like such a whore for social media. I'm going to you know, the lighting's going to be good in Mexico. So make sure you're following me on all platforms at Ashley Sleek. I have some celebrity gossip to talk about. This is where I need to start, though. I'm having a problem, you guys. I'm shipping Pete and Kim. I don't know if this is the wrong move. Like I said, I'm also chaotic right now in a mess. So I don't know if my opinions are straight. But when I saw them at the White House ball or wherever the fuck they were, I felt it. I felt it. I was like, okay, 
Okay, okay. I think that was big for a lot of people. Them at the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, or sorry, just the Kardashians premiere, like it was all right. It was all right. It didn't tickle my fancy in any way. It didn't make me feel any sort of way. But when I saw them at the fucking whatever ball for the White House, I was like, I accidentally shipped this. Somehow I am very on board. She just looks happy. And the more I watch Keeping Up, sorry, the more I watch the Kardashians, the more I kind of like Kim. I will never forgive her for the Taylor Swift thing, but one, it was the most iconic thing that's ever happened in celebrity gossip history ever. But two, when you understand the Kanye situation, it's kind of like, I don't know, that, that thing was rough. And speaking of Kanye, is anybody else worried? Okay, this is a spoiler. If you haven't watched Kardashians, just like skip ahead. But is anybody else worried about how Kanye got those sex tape back from Ray J? So like if you didn't care and I spoiled it, let me give you some backstory. Obviously, as we all know, Kim Kardashian had a sex tape leak, leak with Ray J. Well, on the show, you see that one of her kids, I think Saint, is like on the iPad just playing and a pop up ad came up and was like, the, the unreleased footage of Kim Kardashian's sex tape. And it's like, and she like freaks out. This is where the, the quote comes where she's like, we've got all the resources and all the money to burn them to the ground. The way I aspire, the way I aspire that, by the way, that's the energy I bring to the podcast. Like when someone fucks me over, I'm like, I've got a podcast and I will take your ass down. Like I remember when I finally hit the mad phase of my breakup with my ex Jimmy, um, I destroyed him on an episode. I was like, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? I will say this. I will. I do not think I'll get there with Scotland because I just don't think I have anything like horrible like that to say because it really wasn't bad. So like this isn't an every man that talks to me. I destroy thing. Jimmy and I's relationship was very horrible at the end and I was angry for a lot of it. So then I just like let it out or like Mr. Gorgeous last week, like let's fucking roast him. So anyways, all of this is to say that I have no money and no resources, but a podcast and I will burn you to the ground if I can. So in the episode, basically she calls Kanye. She's telling him about this and all this is going on during the time that she's like getting prepared for SNL. So then right before she goes on stage at SNL, or maybe not right before she goes on stage, but she's doing her like rehearsals and whatever. Kanye comes. He brings this janky ass suitcase. She called it janky. I feel like it's probably still designer, but I didn't look that hard. And in it is like the hard drive and the computer with all the shit. And she was like, Kanye met up with Ray J and got it back. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so great. Is no one wondering how he got it? Is no one like... We, we all know how unstable Kanye is. And is anybody like, hey, should we make sure that Kanye doesn't have Ray J's head in a casket somewhere? Like, no one's concerned. Everyone's just happy. Everyone's just like, uh, okay, what whatever happens, happens. We let Kanye be Kanye. I was concerned. I mean, I'm very happy for her because the idea of someone profiting off like someone else's sex tape that they didn't really like it's just so nasty to me I mean obviously like Kim Kardashian's had an amazing career so far um and everything like that but I still just I don't think it was fair in any way shape or form for that to happen to her and I'm very happy that she you know capitalized on it or whatever I don't 
I, I feel like she probably still would have gotten famous. I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like Kris Jenner is a living legend. So whatever. Um, but yeah, it was it. it I, I just have to know, like, how Kanye got it back. Like, what? no one even asked. No one asked. I was like, where's Chloe being like, what the fuck? You know, Ugh, so disappointing. I also saw this article and I feel like I just want to read you the headline because this is what we're living in. The headline reads, Vampire Community Warns Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox Against Drinking Each Other's Blood. In what world do we live in that that headline exists? I didn't click the article. I didn't want to know. But listen, I I can't get a guy to want to still date me, even though I was like ready to be like a stepmom and all this. But these two are out here convincing each other to drink each other's blood. So I feel like I can't put any judgment on this because obviously, you know, they've got love stronger than the rest. And I just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I just wanted you guys to know that I was strolling for prep and I just saw that article and I was like, no, thank you. Hi friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love and honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better and I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie and then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up and the ice roller just does just that and it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. Listen, I went on a date on Thursday evening and by midday Friday, it was already over. So I'm gonna give you the whirlwind. It was not as dramatic as it sounds, but of course I'm gonna give you the funny aspects of my date with a therapist. So after Mr. Gorgeous, I was like, okay, I think that this is all too soon. I, I think that maybe I need to not try to jump back into dating. I go back and forth on it, of course, because a part of me is just like, I want to be happy and in love. And then another part of me is like, you're a mess. Just like deal with that for now and, and you're fine. So anyways, I had decided to delete Bumble, but somebody had extended their conversation with me. And I was like, oh, juicy. And usually the people who do that, I'm always kind of like, Hmm, this is interesting. But this guy was so cute. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm going to give this a, a shot. Like, this will be my last little, I didn't do any more swiping. I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to see what this guy's about. So anyways, we start talking. He, 
very immediately was like, let's meet in person, which I thought was fun because I, I think I've had it both ways. I think most of the time I am talking a lot more before I get on a date, you know? And so it was nice to have someone be like, yeah, let's just go for a date. He invited me on a hot cocoa date, which was like so sweet baby angel energy. But also I have Crohn's disease. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going on a hot cocoa date. Also, where's the alcohol in that? Like, I do love to put peppermint schnapps in my hot cocoa. But I feel like if I brought a flask to our first date, the flags for him would be going off. So anyways, we I, I said that, you know, we could go for hot cocoa or we could go for drinks. I think I said it in a more like smoother way, if I can remember, because he was from Sunnyvale and I live in Campbell. And I was like, honestly, I only have recommendations for drinks. So, you know, if you want to do that. And then he was like, oh, I've got this Mexican restaurant that I love, blah, blah, blah. It was only open Thursday. So our date was originally for Sunday, but we went on Thursday and I thought my outfit was very cute. It was very weird because I didn't want to dress sexy for some reason. I think because this is the first guy that didn't like try to sex to me within like the first few days of us talking, which was actually very refreshing. At every turn, I would argue that this date was just like refreshing. But basically, I was like, it's not that I wasn't trying to be hot. But when I was seeing Mr. Gorgeous, I was like, hmm, probably some cleavage would be good. And actually, the first time I saw Scotland, I was also wearing a turtleneck. But at that point, I think like Scotland and I had had phone sex within like the first couple days of like knowing each other. So all that was out the door at that point. I still wanted to look good for him, but I was still like, I can look. Anyways, you guys stop, Ashley. Continue. Here we go. So I wore a cute like turtleneck, white turtleneck with a black skirt and some boots and my red lips. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the look. This is the vibe. So then we go to this Mexican restaurant. It was really cute. It was a little hole in the wall. It was like in a Safeway parking lot. I loved it. And so anyways, I've never, you know, my stance, I don't eat food on the first date. Like I very am strongly against that, but we were already there and he or, we were ordering food and I had to tell him, I was like, listen, I, I order really weird and I just, I don't want this to be the reason you never talk to me again. And he was like, oh, what are you going to order? And I was like, I'm literally going to order corn tortillas and chicken with nothing else because I don't know. Like I've I said it before, I'll say it again. I am a first date fucker. And if you want to sleep with me, I cannot be eating dairy unless we're close like that. You know what I mean? Like when I was with Scotland, we had this good, good thing going where he would take the dogs out and I would go to the bathroom. You know, he didn't like that. I don't think as much because he just wanted me to shit whenever. But I liked the privacy. So anyways, I was like, OK, whatever. So then uh, he was like, oh, do you have celiac? And I was like, no, I have Crohn's disease. And I just didn't think that you would want me to like throw up on our first date. You know, I was trying to spare you. And he's like, hmm, throw up or does it come out the other end? And I was like, oh, fuck, no, this guy just put me on a blast. I, oh, I don't know what it is. I know this is a really weird trait, but something makes it feel more cute and ladylike for me to throw up than to shit. And I don't know if that's just my own insecurity or if anybody agrees with me, but I will constantly tell people I'm throwing up and I'm really pooping. It's just I don't I, I feel like throwing up seems nicer than me shitting. So anyways, that's my own trauma. And like I said, I have therapy on Thursday so we can talk about it then. Um, so anyways, uh, he 
I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, not a topic I usually cover on the first date, but here we are. I was like, I don't normally eat on first dates to avoid this whole conversation. And he was like, I don't normally eat on first dates either. And I was like, I guess I was just really persuasive. I just wanted drinks. So anyways, um, it was really great conversation. He was super, super nice. Like I said, he was a therapist. So, you know, we like got to get into that. You know how much I love analyzing. I was like, this is so juicy. At some point, I can't remember how it came up, but the topic of kids came up and he was and then he said something about, oh, yeah, like it'll be interesting to raise kids one day or some, something like that, whatever. And I just kind of like nodded. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so do you want kids? And I was like, oh, um, I was like, honestly, I don't really know the answer to that question right now. I mean, in reality, it's on me. I don't have it on my profile right now because there isn't an option for like, I don't think I want to have your kid, but I would be open potentially to being a hot stepmom. My eyes have been open. I'm still not sure, though. I don't know if that was like just a Scotland thing or a life thing. And um, honestly, I was just thinking I'd be a hot aunt. So I don't I don't really know what to say about that. Uh, unfortunately, Bumble doesn't give you that as an option. So I just left it off completely. And I think when I'm ready to go back and we'll talk about that after, I'll probably put it up there. But anyways, 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 all this is to say that I was like, oh, I don't know. And this was actually more towards the end of dinner. So I was like, you know, if this is like a deal breaker for you, that's totally fine with me. Like I completely understand, you know, we can just enjoy the rest of this date as friends and whatever. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like, I he's like, yeah, like that's, you know, he's like something I want, but I still want to like continue the date. I'm like, OK, whatever. And obviously I have trauma because don't forget about the Pokemon guy from Modesto who fucking yelled at me because his mom deserved to be a grandma. So I was like, oh, fuck, this better not come back and bite me. But anyways, the date we continued to end up being really fun. And then after we weren't in an area where there was really like a natural next place to go. So he's like, oh, do you want to like take a little walk? So we did that. And then. Like, well, before we took a walk, we started to go for a walk. He's like, sorry, there's nowhere really to take you. I was like, well, we can go back to my apartment if you want. Like, I have some wine. We can totally have a glass of wine. Just hang out, relax. And he's like, you know, I don't normally have sex on the first date. And I was like, wow, so bold of you to assume that when I asked you to come back to my place that I was trying to fuck you. And he was like. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't mean that. I'm just I'm just putting out there. I was like, no, I'm just totally fucking with you. I absolutely would have sex with you if you wanted to. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and uh, but anyways, he like went on this philosophy about how he doesn't like sex on the first date. It feels like there's interest loss on both parties. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't I did. Listen, it was kind of interesting not having sex on the first date. It was also interesting it not being like super sexual at all. This is kind of like I said, this is the first time I think I've talked to somebody since getting back on Bumble where it wasn't just like super sexual all the time. And it was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It was it was different. And I obviously like I don't think I have to justify this. We all know that I have absolutely no regrets or like you know, any negative feedback about my relationship with Scotland because it it went the way exactly it was supposed to go. And I don't regret anything at all. And I loved every fucking minute of it. So um, except for the breakup, that part sucked. But anyways, um, it just it was just an interesting it was just an interesting thing. So anyways, so we continued hanging out for another like 
couple hours, honestly. We like randomly walked through a BevMo. It was so cute because it was getting cold. And he's like, do you want to just walk through this BevMo? And he's like, this is so sweet. This is so innocent. Like, oh my God. And then he told me he plays Dungeons and Dragons. That's what he was doing on his Friday night. It was so cute. I was like, oh my God, what? And then he was like, because I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And he's like, are you being serious or are you making fun of me? And I was like, no. I was like, honestly, like I don't know very many people who actually play the game. And then for a long time, I thought it was just like a nerdy joke. So that's super sweet. So anyways, it was really cute. At the end of the date, he like asked me if he could kiss me on the cheek. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's so nice. Like, just so different. Anyways, it was super sweet. So then after, you know, um, I just drove home and it was, it was fun, whatever. And it was hilarious because I called one of my girlfriends. I'm on the phone with her talking about the date. And I was like, yeah, it just felt like totally different and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can't tell if I liked it different. Like, I honestly couldn't tell. I knew I would be interesting going on a second date, but I couldn't tell if there was just like, not a spark there if I was super into it or if I was just like shocked by how casual it was, you know, really couldn't tell about my emotions at all. And then she was like, I think this is going to be good, at least like good for you, like good to get on another date because he had texted me after him and texting me in the morning. And then he texted me and was just like, hey, you know, the kids thing is like a deal. I, I wonder if I have the text still because it's always worth a good read. We love reading text messages from men on the podcast. So we're doing it. Um, let's see. Let's scroll. Oh my God. You know why I can't find it? Because I'm on my iPad and he had an Android, which obviously should have been my first flag. But basically he just said, hey, you know, I was thinking about our date and I just want to date somebody who's certain that they want kids. And, you know, I think when you said it, I, it was such a fun date that I just was distracted by that. And that's why I texted you after. But he's like, I just want to let you know, like, it was such a good time. You were wonderful. You did absolutely nothing wrong. This has nothing to do with you. And I was like, oh my God, this is the second time I'm being told that there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. So I was like, listen, you guys aren't helping with the ego over here with that shit. But I mean, it was nice. It was nice. So I wasn't mad about it. It was just really funny. I literally got off the phone with her and got that text. I screenshotted it to her and I was like, well, <laughs> never mind. So anyways, it was, it was really sweet. But I do have to say that... When the date was over and he texted me, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I meant to tell you that I really liked your shoes. And I was like, oh, that was nice. And also, to be honest with you guys, I think that the shoes I wore are my ugliest pair of shoes. I think my black boots are hideous. And so, like, I'll even actively try when I do my, um, you know, my wannabe influencer picks if I'm wearing them, like, to not put them in. But they're my only pair of black boots. So I, like, I, I have to wear them. So anyways, I was like, oh, that's nice. And then he, and we talked about my nail color because it, you know, the bright orange confidence. And he's like, hey, does your nail color match your toenail color? And I was like, is this some sort of weird take on does the carpets match the drapes? Like, I've just never been asked that. And I was like, oh, no, they're like different colors. And I was like, I don't know. I get so excited about all the options. I usually pick two different colors, which is true. He's like, oh, I'm not one of those people who's like afraid of feet or whatever. And I was like, is this your weird way of telling me that you have a foot fetish? And he was like. Kind of. Oh, because I also said that I didn't really like like my feet. He's like, why? Why don't you like them? And he's a therapist. So I gave him like the honest therapist truth. I was like, I don't know. My mom always hated her feet and everybody called them Barney Rebels and then told me that I had the same feet. So I feel like it was just ingrained in me to hate them. Um, but anyways, that's a trauma for another day. And um, but he was like, 
<laughs> so when I said that, he was like, maybe. And then the more I thought about it later on, I was like, maybe this guy did have a foot fetish, which would have been interesting to explore. But I think I think I'm good off that. I think I'm good off that. So anyways, I guess at the end of it, it was all just like it was good to do it. I'm so glad I went. It was so nice. So um so refreshing for Mr. Gorgeous. You know what I mean? I feel like obviously I have been having just a hard time with the Scotland breakup in general and going on my first date after him and it being the, the, the Mr. Gorgeous thing was rough. And then this one was just like, fine. You know, I was like, OK, it didn't work out. It was nice. I was so glad that he didn't let it go on longer, like knowing this was a deal breaker for him. It's funny because I think that's what has to happen when you date in your late 20s early 30s. Ouch. But I remember one of my girlfriends and I talking about dating and she was like, oh, it sucks that you guys had to have those conversations so early. And I was like, you know what, though? Like, that's the difference. Like at this point in the game, I, I you're dating to mate. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a date mate. It's a mate date, whatever. Like you are trying to find your partner for life. And I appreciate that. Like at this point to me, I don't understand the concept of like casual dating like it to me, I'm like, we're old. I would love to find a husband as as we've talked about in the past about the husband hunt. Um, and it just it's it, it was nice. It was nice that like he didn't lead me on. I didn't have to be that sad because I only talked to him for like a few days and we went on one date. So, um, yeah, it ended up being really, really good. And as far as Bumble goes, I think here's the deal. I have to keep Bumble on my phone for Smashly. I think that having Bumble on your phone for drunk girls is the equivalent of like handing a kid an iPad on a car ride. It's like, just shut up and entertain yourself and don't bother anybody. And also like, don't message someone you're not supposed to. Like, it's very nice. I haven't really been on it since. Even when I was drunk on, when I was drunk on Saturday, I was honestly on the phone with my best friend Jenna's fiance, Sergio, for an hour and a half. And that's what I did drunk while she slept. So um, that was really fun and took up my my time. But yeah, I haven't really been on it too much, but I am going to keep it on my phone because I'm like, listen, for the times that you're drunk and lonely, then you don't have to build your profile. It'll, it'll just be ready for you when you need it just to calm your ass down. So uh, yeah, because I, I really don't know where I'm at. I think I am just trying not to force anything. I think this whole time I've just wanted so badly to not be sad that I'm maybe I'm rushing it. I honestly don't know. And I think the more time I sit here and try to figure out if I'm doing the right or the wrong thing, the more it's just killing me. So I'm just going to do it day by day. If one day I feel like, OK, I can go on the apps and I can go on a date, I'm going to do it. If the next day I'm like, no, you backsliding little bitch, you keep talking to Scotland and you're a hot fucking mess. Don't talk to anybody. Then I'll do that. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll find my soulmate in Mexico. Probably not. I'm I'm going to already answer my question with that with a no, but putting it out into the universe, you know? <laughs> so anyways, okay, speaking of Bumble, this is my I'm sorry what moment of the week. I don't know if you know this, for my friends who've never been on Bumble before, they do this thing that I think is so fucked up. I think this is the worst feature of Bumble. If you are new to Bumble, they put a little new here banner on your picture. And I just think this is so fucked. Why do you need to know who the new people are on Bumble. And it's not because it looks bad that someone's new. It's because it looks bad when someone's not new. 
Like now you're just the crusty old bee who's been buzzing on Bumble for years. Like, I just think it's so fucked. Like, I'm sorry, what? Why do you need to, why do you need to know? Why do you know? Because then, well, I mean, I guess you could look at it the other way where it's like, oh, you're new on here. It's like, so why? Did you just get out of a relationship? So did you still have trauma and you're like not ready? And listen, maybe not everybody overthinks it, but there's no way. Dating apps were like designed to overanalyze everyone. Okay, don't tell me I'm wrong on that, but you literally have to put together a profile that sells yourself as to why somebody should like basically either want to date or fuck you. So now you're saying that there's somebody new here. So watch out for all the oldies. It just I feel like it's mean. I don't understand it. It's not like a new member. It's not like, oh, we're all in this club and like introduce yourself to the new member. It just literally is calling your ass out. It's either like, oh, so your ass just got dumped or you've been on here for a long fucking time. And just as a reminder, it's it's been it's been a while. And I don't think that's fair because I have no judgments on how long anyone's been on the app. So why give reasons? Love happens at every single different pace. Anyways, my point is, is that it takes people a long time for a multitude of reasons. Just the right person hasn't been there yet. They're just not ready. I mean, I truly believe that the universe brings people into our lives when we're supposed to meet them. And that's not very helpful because you're like, universe, where the fuck is my man? And I totally get that. But, you know, all we can do is just try to make ourselves happy in the meantime. Because one of the things I remember about when I met Scotland was I was in like a really good place. I felt very confident. And that's not to say that, like, that's the reason that I found him. But when I did, I felt more comfortable, you know, getting into this relationship because I had already kind of like been there, you know, I'd already kind of been like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. So anyways, like it, that's nice. All this is to say, none of this is important. What's important is that I think that Bumble should remove the new, new here feature because then I'm out here. Like, should I just delete my app every single time? So that I look like the shiny new toy on Bumble. I don't know. Also, I think I won't. I don't know if I'd want someone new to Bumble because I would want someone who's also been through the trauma of Bumble. One of the things about online dating is when you find somebody who's not a piece of shit, it is so much more exciting because you have met every single piece of shit out there. Like you are in the full cow manure section and you're just looking for that one bee, the one bee blessing around that's going to make all that shit worth it. So it's kind of like you got to go through it. You know what I mean? So anyways, this is my official petition. Bumble, drop the fucking new here feature. If you have an argument for why it should be there, please let me fucking know. But I just think it's mean. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I've got to get this bad boy up and ready to go. And then I'm back on my Mexico bullshit, you guys. I am so ready. I can't believe it's almost here. Um, I am so thrilled, so honored to be Aaron's maid of honor and get to plan such an awesome, exciting party. And I can't wait for more updates. I can't believe we're getting so close to the 100th episode. Um, I'm really really loving doing this. Like I say all the time, I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that anybody thinks I'm worth listening to and that this podcast makes you feel anything. I hope that it gives you the space to be whatever you need to be right now. There's a lot of pressure to constantly feel like you need to be, you know, 
the best version of yourself all the time. Like, oh my God, I need to be perfect so I attract a man or like, like on top of everything at work so I don't get fired. And it's just like, that's fucking exhausting. Every time, every once in a while, we just need a little Hamas Express day. So this is just me being like, listen, we can feel like the world is falling apart around us and and still be okay, you know? Like, I honestly feel like everything's kind of crumbling, but I'm still out here having a good time. And I think that's what's important is that, you know, take naps when you need to take naps, take shots when you need to take shots, you know? They both do healing. They both do healing. <laughs> and call your mom on Mother's Day, okay? Like, don't forget. Thank you all so much for listening. And of course, also my heart goes out to those of us who, you know, are going to be having a hard time this Mother's Day. So those of you who, you know, maybe your mom is looking out for you from above or to those women who tried to get pregnant and, um, you know, haven't really been able to be a mom yet. All those things like I see you. And my heart goes out to you and I love you and, you know, try to do something for yourself that makes you feel good on Sunday. And yeah, my DMs are always open. If anybody needs anything, you can follow me on all platforms at Ashley Sleek. Please like, comment, subscribe and download. Share this podcast with a friend. Thank you so much again for listening. Okay, bye.